four episodes of I Love Lucy, Bowling Pins and Tony Basil, lyrics that make a lifelong scandal. It's time for our show to begin now, episode one of Us Weird Pals. Hey. Welcome, me. Welcome, you. Welcome, you. Because these are probably the first two listeners is you and I. Yes, hopefully. Hopefully. And Jesus. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Like all good podcasts, we save yes. a little bit of room Yes, for the big guy. The... <laughs> and I don't mean God, I mean our Lord and Savior, <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic. Yes, indeed. He is my Lord and Savior. Hi, my name is Tim. I'm a Weird Al fan. Hi, Tim. Hi. My name is Joel, and I am a Weird Al fan. What? What a dink! I know. I actually don't like it. Not, not at all. This not is going to be like a hate watch for you. This is a hate watch for me. <laughs> and I'm wearing this shirt out of spite. I have a Weird Al shirt on. Oh, nice. Coming in with the swag and Al TV yes. swag. Yep. I got this at the Poodle Hat Tour. Oh, my goodness. Should we just, we should just dive in first with our <clears throat> personal experience with this man because perhaps it will put some context on why the hell we're doing this and, and, <laughs> If at all, if there's any listening value, like value anyone could gain from listening to this. Yes, which there won't be. There won't be. There won't be regardless <laughs> if we know what we're talking about. No. Um, I'll go first because I'm sure mine is briefer than go yours. Go for it. Done. Um, so I was raised by a man who loved Weird Al, loves Weird Al. Um, he and my uncle went to the same – I think my uncle went to the same – uh, community college is Weird Al, and so oh nice, kind of like Cal a, Pal or something. Cal, oh, should know this fact right off the top of my it's head. It's written down. I read it earlier. <laughs> we're gonna make sure that we know what we're talking keep, about. Keep going. I'll I'm find gonna it. Vamp. I'm gonna vamp. So he was. Uh, my dad and my uncle were aware of Doctor Demento radio show, um, therefore Weird Al, and. Uh, I growing up, we had every CD in our household CD collection and collected them as we went. Um, the first time I saw Weird Al was on the Running with Scissors tour at a um, uh, what do you call those? They're outside and they're at a fair, the county a fair, county fair. That's I also saw him first time Running with Scissors county fair. Boom. So. Boom. I remember. Look at, look at us go. <laughs> quick story. I'm sure this will come up again much later during the episode, but he played germs, and uh, my mom was disgusted by the audiovisual accoutrement <laughs> <laughs> that went on behind him. It was just like nice. microscopic, you know, weird germs and yeah. stuff wiggling around. And he's also wearing like a really weird see through shirt. That's right. That, yeah. It's a very odd visual all around. <laughs> um, if he's making love to the microphone. Right. Uh, Stand. I saw him then on the Poodle Hat tour at the Big Easy in Spokane, Washington, which was incredible. Oh. Um, I then saw him ooh, one or two more times. I do not remember. I think maybe just one more time on the um, last album tour. Mandatory fun. Mandatory fun. So tour. mandatory tour. Oh, is that what it is? Mandatory tour? Yeah, the mandatory tour. <laughs> um, <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Uh, huge fan of his all and, sp and like all of the like weird side stuff he does because he's super entertaining. <clears throat> uh, 
a very positive person in the world of entertainment yes, and not a cynical positive. guy at all. No, complete um, sober uh, yeah. vegetarian, nice family man doing yeah. these stupid songs. So out of all <laughs> the cool podcasts about cool artists, Weird Al deserves one. He does. And he there doesn't are already have already one. Exist, That's so what I'm assuming too, but he, he I haven't heard any one. of them. So I've therefore heard, I've heard, I've heard them. We got it. We, we got a, the best one. Already. Okay, good. Already in this five minutes. <laughs> Those Guaranteed. other ones suck. That's right. I, <laughs> I haven't uh, heard them, so I'm sorry. If I, I passed my baton off to you, Joel. <laughs> okay. So, I my Weird Al knowledge, or fandom, I actually call it, uh, started when I was very young. My parents grew up, or I mean, just as they were younger, they knew Dr. Demento very, very well, like on a personal basis. Huh. And then, um, so they would hang out with him, and my dad would watch the show. And then he's also friends with a guy named uh, Mike Kiefer, who does this stuff <laughs> on the album that we're going to talk about. So he does that. Uh, so he had the first two albums on vinyl, my dad did, and he recorded them onto a cassette, along with some other songs that my sisters might like at the very, very end. Like uh, the song from... Uh, what is it? That mouse movie? Like, uh, where they look, look at a moon, Fifel goes west or something. Oh, so, I yeah, yeah, so, yeah, goes so there's west. like that, some old radio show, little joke songs, and some other song my sister like would be at the end of this cassette that I had of Weird Al. So I'd like listen to those and then I kind of usually fast forward to get I, away from the other I one. really like how so <clears> in, in like growing up with music that our songs are associated with whatever song comes next. <laughs> yeah. So I was always into albums, so I was thinking of the song that would come next, even if it was on the radio or something. Or like yeah. a weird mix CD thing. We're like, oh yeah, this is where I have to turn over the cassette and listen to some weird other <laughs> shit. Yeah. It is uh, strange, but it's fun. Um, but yeah, so I had that. And I loved it, and I listened to it all the time. And then I got the Food Album, I think was probably the first CD I got by him that it was outside of just that little cassette. Uh, and then slowly, I just started getting the other ones as I could find them, I guess. Uh, so I didn't get UHF. That was the last one I think I ever found. I didn't even know it existed until years after I heard everything else at the time, which would have been before Poodle Hat was when all this was because I got running with scissors the day that came out at least so that's good uh and then yeah I've seen them live a ton of times I, like I want to say it's like almost 30 if not 30 it's kind of stupid but I've gone to him <laughs> pretty much if he's in Oregon I'll go so like I haven't missed any tour that he's done since the touring with scissors one when I was seven or nine nine I guess uh so yeah that was fun how many how many times have you looked weird out in the eye unabated by technology you were, uh, you were in the same room as the man i was in the same room well all those shows and i got to meet him a few times just because you know, uh dr demento got us backstage for some of it and then uh my dad somehow got we give out the blues calendar that we always make uh we give that to the band um so now the drummer really likes those so he'll invite us back now so i get to at least say hi to him every now and then i don't know if he really recognizes me i don't know i'm too shy to ask i'm always just like hey and then he signs my whatever I have. And I'm like, yay. And I put it on my shrine. <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct word for what you have around the corner yes. over there. There is a little Weird Al shrine behind me of just stuff. Some of it being very rare stuff. This is the stuff. expert that I have exploited for <laughs> podcast purposes. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah. So I yeah, just have a big collection of his things. I have every record he's put out except for one. And I'm when researching it, I realized it's one. I already kind of knew this, but... Uh, it came out, he put it out on his own. He had two singles that came out um, 
on Capitol Records was one of them, and that was kind of a big deal for him, and then they didn't want to do any more, so he reproduced a four-track EP on his own, containing some songs, or all four were on this album that we're going to talk about. Uh, he re-recorded all of them but one, uh, which was the, another one rides the bus, and then the other ones were Happy Birthday, uh, the Mr. Frump, and what was the other song? Oh, it doesn't matter. Either way, those are all on that one EP, and I can't find it for less than like $200, and I'm cheap as hell, so I haven't bought it. Well, but start, one of these days... All the money a, that we make on this podcast will yeah, go all directly that money. to that. <laughs> yes, it's the Placebo Weird Al uh, EP that he made on his own. He pressed it on his own by borrowing money from Mr. Domento. And uh, one of these days, it'll sit on my stupid little shelf. <laughs> <laughs> That's us, folks. Um... Let's not waste any time. We The goal of this podcast is to examine every single work of art that this man has done. We're going to start track by track through the discography of all 14 uh, released albums. It's, we might go off the, the weird, the off the deep end, as it were. Oh, uh, thank good you. one. Uh, <laughs> into weird side projects and weird amalgamations of like, you know you know, UK versions or whatever the hell there are. You can turn over lots of rocks in, in uh, music history, which is exciting. Um, but we're going to start with the studio albums, which means today we're going to start with the first studio album. First one, self-titled, Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, like all great <laughs> artists, start with the self-titled. Just in case yes. your consumers are stupid and <laughs> ill-informed. <laughs> what is this album? Well, it's Weird Al. Oh, okay. Which one? Weird Al. Okay. You're just going to want to buy it. <laughs> you have to. It's the only one. <laughs> All right, give us the rundown. When when are we in time? Okay, so this was recorded in 1983. Mm, um, where were you in 1983, Joel? Where was I in 1983? You see, I was not here. And I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it was released in 83, but my notes say it was recorded March 82. So oh. recorded in 82 because uh, uh, as I said there was that EP that he did on his own um, and because of that he had uh, he wanted to record the song um, blah, blah 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 I Love Rock and Roll or I Love Rocky Road so uh, he talked to the um, Jake Hooker guy who uh, is part of that and I think it's the manager of the I Love Rocky Roll song I'm pretty sure um, but so he did uh, that and then he said it was fun and that he had someone who might want to produce the album uh, which was Rick Derringer, who's a famous just guitar player and a lot of stuff. Um, so he agreed to do it, and they went to this studio and recorded nine songs. Very rushed, because the studio didn't really want them there, and they didn't think it was going to be very good. So they're like, all right, you get a couple takes of everything, and then you're you're done. So the CD sounds pretty rough, because it is pretty rough, and it's rushed. Um, so they did that, and then they tried to sell it, and they still couldn't sell it until Scotty Brothers decided to take it in, and uh, they recorded two more songs, which were Ricky, which we're going to talk about momentarily, and Buckingham Blues. So those were the only two that came a little bit later, so they're a little bit more polished than the previous nine. Uh, and then they just used the Another One Rides the Bus from the original um, EP. They didn't even record that again. So that one's extra, extra rough. It sounds almost bad. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I listened to it today, and I was like, oh, man, there's a part of it where just, like, the left channel just 
stops like after the second verse and it just it gets replaced with just a bang but everything else that was there sonic wise is just gone and i was like oh interesting <laughs> Fun nice <twist>. move <laughs> but yeah so um that's that one the album charted initially at number 139 on the billboard top 200 139. so it did it did pretty good in that regards because he was actually pretty the few songs he put out which were uh, another one rise a bus and the i love rocky road did fairly well like people really liked him so he was on a good start so the album did fine apparently it wasn't reviewed great because people just thought the well, the hits were good but like all the in-between fluff was uh not good which which we'll i get can into see next to episode. a point <laughs> yes the, the next episode will be the biggest of the fluffs which <laughs> I have a soft spot for it, but we'll get to that when we get to that. That's right. We'll leave it, we'll leave it there. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that's kind of it on the just the making of the album, really, as far as I know. Uh, it was all done just really quickly. Love it. Um, also, we should say, uh, not only are we big Weird Al fans, but we're both in the musician world of things. Oh, we both are. That's how we met. That's how we <laughs> met. And so... and. And Joel has some like studio engineering background too. So when he says something weird happened in the left channel, <laughs> you can believe he knows what those words mean, <laughs> which is very exciting because I learned a little bit of everything along the way hanging out with Joel. Yes. Uh, that's one of the things we uh, bonded at and not, not one of the first things, but one of the main things with Weird Al that is uh, we were on a tour together um and then we were all we were like both our bands were in separate cars but at one point we had to split it for some reason and then tim was like we need to go in this one together so that we can sing weird al songs the whole ride that's and right that's what we did we got in the stupid little van or not van the car and drove by ourselves blasting weird al out of a shitty little bluetooth speaker <laughs> <laughs> as, it was, as god and intended as god intended yes uh <laughs> was doing that and uh that was very fun. I enjoyed myself with that. And then we went and sat in a little, uh, we got a little boat. And we went on a little oh, pond. it was the little boat this day. Is, it was the little boat day. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so good. Uh, there we go. Uh, okay. So we got some background on the album. Let's talk about track number one, Ricky. Ricky. Despite being uh, track number one, Ricky is the third single to come out of this um album yeah third single first music video though still so oh cool yeah. um we will talk about music videos for sure today yes i have um, some notes <laughs> <laughs> uh became the first single to chart on the hot 100 it peaked at 64 oh which between you and i and our bands is impressive that is pretty impressive we are nowhere near any billboard peak. anywhere <laughs> We once had no our band names written on a sign outside of a bar once. Oh, we I th- did. That I was think that's as, that's as close to any billboard as we've gotten. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Fame. Let me get to my notes. So I'm coming in. How we've how this operation is going to start running is I'm in charge of all of the trivia about the song that is being parodied. And Joel's going to come in with his Weird Al knowledge as the torch gets passed from the original artist to the parody artists. So I did my research this last week, which is exciting because one of the things that Joel and I have in common is our backwards understanding of music history because we went through Weird Al first and then 
learned about the artists that came first later yes. or still has not have any yes. information about the artist that is originally parodied. That is 100% true. Uh, I... That <laughs> definitely includes this one. Yes, same. So I knew <laughs> of the Mickey song way after I knew of Ricky. Um, probably on like a VH1 I Love the 80s show of some kind <laughs> that I watched while pretending to be sick, I would imagine. Um, so let's talk about Tony Basil. I had Ooh. to watch a couple videos to make sure it was pronounced Basil and not oh, nice. Basil. <laughs> uh, that's good. Okay, so who is Tony Basil? This is fascinating. Yes, tell me, Tim. Tell okay, me who he so is, because I don't know. Because the, the common folk believe Tony Basil to be a one-hit wonder from the early 80s, the one-hit wonder being Mickey. Um, which peaked at number one for one week on the Billboard 100 charts. Uh, but it was on the Billboard 100 for 27 weeks total. So it had a lot of staying power. Hmm. A lot of it powered by MTV, newly minted MTV, and its need for music videos. Um, it's why Weird Al got popular, because of their need for music videos. And it's why this song became popular. This actually has two different music videos to it. Um, huh. There's a cheerleader one, which is the famous one. And there's another version that I did not watch. <laughs> um, so who's this person coming in? It's not just some random singer. It is Tony Basil, who in the 60s was a famous go-go dancer and choreographer. Um, she was a big into like the beach um, go-go dancing movies, which I guess was a California thing. Um she appears, she's an actress, appears in Five Easy Pieces with Jack Nicholson on the famous scene where they're at the diner and he tells the waitress to hold chicken between her legs. I don't know if you know that movie. I do not. Okay. That sounds I literally only know interesting. that scene. It's, 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 <laughs> maybe that's the first thing you should watch. It probably is. <laughs> okay. Let's just pause and watch that one diner scene from Five Easy Pieces. Number two, Chicken Sal Sam. Hold the butter, the lettuce, and the mayonnaise. Which one is she? And a cup of coffee. Short hair. Anything oh, else? Okay. Yeah, now all you have to do is hold the chicken, bring me the toast, give me a check for the chicken salad sandwich, and you haven't huh? broken any rules. You want me to hold the chicken, huh? I want you to hold it between your knees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I have no idea what this movie is about. Uh, but that context is uh, something. I can tell you zero about the rest of that movie. That is the only he, thing I know about Five Easy Pieces. He seemed a little angry. <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> um, she also is a choreographer for lots of um, live concerts. Um, David Bowie. Um, she does, She's uh, the lady in the red dress in um, Viva Las Vegas, the Elvis Presley movie. She's a choreographer and a dancer in a Rat Pack movie. I don't remember which one. Um, so she's big in front of the screen, behind the screen. She's also an easy writer. Big movie from the 60s. Hmm. Then in the 70s, she became a part of like a, uh, a hip-hop dance troupe in New York City, which was sort of like, I guess, some like groundbreaking dance troupe. Um, for like underground dance and was like like one of the nine members of this big dance group which is exciting 
Um, so when she goes and becomes a, she, a recording artist, she choreographs all of her own music videos. Um, the, as in particular, um, Ricky. Uh, as she gets into the 80s and becomes an MTV icon, she's dating one of the members from Devo. And he huh. was an early, early fan of the band, also in supporter of the band. So a bunch of the tracks off of her debut album called Word of Mouth are, are just covers of Devo songs. Huh. And the others are like, basically, Devo is her backing band. I, I don't know if that's the case for Mickey, but um, she's, <laughs> I was looking online and people are like, yeah, um, her album is just a Devo album, but <laughs> Devo's not singing. <laughs> Uh, and oh, we'll bring weird. up Devo later in this podcast. Yes, we will. Which is exciting. Because of another song. Because of another which song. we don't need to mention yet. Um, <laughs> would it surprise you to know, um, Joel, that um, Mickey is not an original song? Oh, is Mickey a parody? It's it's not a parody. It's a cover. <laughs> it's a cover. Okay, fair. I did not know, though. Of this song that I'm going to share with you. And so it's a cover meaning exactly how like how similar I guess I'll find out. I want similar. you to I want you to listen to it, my friend. Oh. This sounds kind of like an ad. <laughs> All right. Uh, after that part. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, kitty. <laughs> I like the sense. It's not a bad song. Okay, so this is from 79. What year is Mickey again? 81. 81, so just three years later. Or, sorry, or two years. Yeah, Mickey is 81. So, yeah, pretty close and following. There's a music video that goes to it also, which is just the band playing on this, like, uh, like on this, like, pull away stage. And then, like, one single go go dancer girl is, like, dancing in this, like, dirt parking lot. And that's, like, the whole video, I think. Huh. Uh, that's by a band called Racy, released in 1979. It's a UK band. Um, I think it charts um, at some point on their album Smash and Grab. Uh, but then it was. Uh, repurposed uh, for Tony Basil's song. Um, this one says 1982, so somewhere between 81 and 82. There's actually a release date difference in the year between when it was released in the UK and when it was released in the United States. Um, huh. So it's a pretty quick turnaround on how quickly this came off and then how quickly Weird Al had to take it and put it into his album. Yeah. Um, so there's like three versions of this song then. Oh, it keeps going. <laughs> oh. But let's talk Uh-oh. about this iteration first. Um, the cheerleader bit, the, oh, Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine, you blow my mind, hey, Mickey. Yeah. That's the only new bit of the song that Tony Basil adds. Okay. The rest of the, the, rest of the melody in the song is exactly the same, uh, except for obviously. Besides saying Kitty. Besides Mickey, saying Kitty, yeah. right, gets turned to Mickey. Um, huh. Let me tell you about some lyrics on the original version, Joel. Oh, yes. Bring it on. Here we go. Uh, Verse two is the one that people talk about. Uh, It says, hey, Mickey, now when you take me by the hooves, everyone's going to know. 
<laughs> Every time you move, I get a little more show. There's something we can use, so don't say no, Mickey. So come on and give it to me any way you can. Any way you want to do it, I'll treat you like a man. Oh, please, baby, please, don't leave me in a jam, Mickey. Interesting. I don't know if I've ever clocked those lyrics before. But There's a uh... couple of rumors about this song, Joel. The first one is that, why is it Mickey? Um, the rumor is that um, it's from, it's uh, based off of the one of the members of the Monkees. Not Davy oh. Jones, but another one. Yeah. Maybe the lead singer. Um, and the reason for that is because um, Tony Basil was the choreographer for their movie called Head. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is actually funny movies. And it, I, have, I have no idea what it is. Um, but she's in it also, I believe, as well as the choreographer. Um, and then, obviously, there are sexual lyrics in here. Yes. Um, it says... There's uh, this one says I'll treat you like a man and either people misheard it or this is a mistranslation where it says I'll take it like a man. <laughs> so there's this Vulture article that comes out in 2012 where they're interviewing um, Tony Basil and the basically the point is is this song a uh, uh, skip forward a couple minutes if you don't want to hear language is this song about anal sex. Like all great rock songs. (laughs) Um, Here we go. Here are the the rumors. Basil herself thankfully brought up the issue. When we asked if she chose the name Mickey because of her fondness of the monkey's Mickey Dolans, she snapped. Some guy decided that it would be funny to put that in my Wikipedia entry. He was adamant that Mickey was about Mickey Dolans. I choreographed the head movie, but I didn't really know Mickey at all. I knew Davy Jones much better. We finally got it off Wikipedia, uh, but and later it was added back to Wikipedia. <laughs> but then the, the article continues. But that question opened up right uh, the right can of whoopee. Quote, people also think Mickey is about <laughs> Basil added. <laughs> uh, then the article says, pause. Uh, the interviewer says, so is it? And then it says, long, awkward pause. What? Tony Basil continues. No, that's ridiculous. Everyone reads into everything. It's not about anything dirty. You can change the name from boy to girl, i.e. from kitty to Mickey, and they read anything they want into it. When a guy's singing about a girl, it's a sweet line. But when a girl sings it, it must mean <laughs> This is how the wrong <laughs> foot gets cut off when... Uh, this is how the wrong foot gets cut off when the doc wheels you into the ER. Then it's Mickey Dolan's and <laughs> <laughs> That is a hilarious interview. It's great. Good job, Vulture. <laughs> a couple quick facts here before I pass off the torch. Um, the song is repurposed a couple more times in pop culture. Um, Lolly, who is some UK pop artist, has a version come out in 1999. And it is that artist's biggest hit. I want you to take in the 90s-ness of this new version by Lolly, Joel. Give me your thoughts. Okay, I'm going to it. What's weird is this one also sounds like an ad. (laughs) So they have that that in common. (laughs) Gotta get you on that YouTube premium. Yes. Oh, this is not good. What do you mean? Well, Well, I don't know. 
It's it's nineties. <laughs> I already must say I'm not thrilled on this sound of the like in general like this song. It's fine like the original one. Uh, it, I like Weird Al's because it's Weird Al, but like yeah, it's got a real. Like, I don't know. Like um, I'm a Barbie girl kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, because at least the original one has kind of I don't know kind of neat instrumentation going on, but this is just uh, I don't know, not my favorite. Right. But it's music, all right. It sure is. <laughs> it does you, exist. Let me give you one more iteration that I found. This one's from 2004. It is by a person named Gori from Japan. And I'm pretty sure he's like a, a talk show host. But it says he's like a comedian, variety show host, musician, director, actor. He's like a thousand things. Um, I want you to see if you can determine which one he is in the video here. Oh, uh, is, is he the girl in the middle? Yes, I want you to describe what you're seeing for our audience. So, it's, oh no, <laughs> so it's a cheerleading group with, I guess, this, uh, who would you say his name was? Or what's... Gory, it's down at the description. Oh, the ah, there it is, Gory, yes, but he is also a cheerleader, dressed as if, uh, in the drag, as they say. Unless, of course, this is just how he, um... No, this, is a, this anyway. is a female character, I believe. And Gory uh, got you. spelled differently to represent the female character he plays. Okay. Oh, now they're... Okay. <laughs> this is interesting. So this becomes his biggest hit in terms of just music <laughs> that gets sold, right, in 2004. Um, it's fantastic. He actually hires an American singer to do the lead vocals, but she's singing in Japanese, so... Okay, I was wondering, I was like, I didn't think that was him just because, you know, the pitch was sounding more like a woman singing, but... Right. Yeah. The dancing, though, is hilarious. I just, I like the full commitment. I appreciate it. It's probably my second favorite iteration behind Yes, I like it much better than the, uh... Lolly? The one I just heard, Lolly, yes. (laughs) I did not like the lolly one i must say um (laughs) last fun bit this gets repurposed in 1987 flashback again to the 80s uh for rum dmc's big song it's tricky which is uh sample it samples directly from my sharona from the knack which we'll talk about in the future interesting but look at all these links yeah, but the entire <laughs> vocal structure is taken from Mickey, from Tony Basil. So um, it goes from UK to start off with, to Los Angeles for Tony Basil, then it goes to Run DMC, then it goes to Lolly, back to the UK, and then it goes to Japan all the way in 2004. <laughs> so this song has legs. It does. Um, let it be known that Weird Al was the first to jump on the bandwagon. He was. Uh after I suppose, I suppose after Tony Basil made it a huge <laughs> pop sensation. So there, I yield my time. Uh, Joel, please let us know what happened to this song once Weird Al heard it. Yes. So uh, Weird Al heard it and decided Ricky sounds pretty close to Mickey. As does it sound close to Tiki Kitty. There we go. Uh, but yeah, so he took Ricky, which is just from... Uh, the show I Love Lucy, which is, you know, very popular, at least was. People still don't know what it is today, so that's fine. Uh, but yeah, so he did that and pretty much took the character of um, Ricky Ricardo 
and he played him and then he got a uh who was not famous yet a aspiring actress um whose name i have written right about where the hell is it? <laughs> there it is. Tress McNeil. Okay, so she ended up being a voice in The Simpsons uh, in Futurama. She played Dot in The Animaniacs. She's like a huge voice actress. Oh, cool. Uh, but at the moment, she was not. And uh, how he found her was uh, he did the Ricky thing, but he knew he needed someone to do Lucy's voice. So he uh, went to the local papers and put in an ad for a Lucille Ball impersonator. And he wow. got two response. He got two responses. And one of them... Uh, the, or I guess the one he chose was Tress McNeil, who ended up doing lots of many great things. I don't know if it was from this, but I don't know. Must have sparked something, I would assume. Uh, but yeah, so she did that uh, and then also starred in the music video as Lucy. Uh, she was sick at the time of the recording of the album, so she's extra nasally, which works because Lucy herself is really nasally. So it was a plus to be sick for once. Uh, so that's good for her. Uh, so it was released on a 45 single with the B-side being Buckingham Blues, which I have. Ooh. Right here, the picture sleeve. Ooh, I'll oh, show yeah, you, Tim. There it's it is. Got, we can, yes. If we ever get like social media, we can post a picture of that. Yes. Uh, That's so cool. it's that. It's um, like a black and white same... TV. It looks like the I Love Lucy kind of logo. Yeah, the heart's there and everything that the original logo has, and then there's, like, people watching it. But it's the same artist who drew the album cover. Nice. Uh, I, it's an excellent – I love that album cover. It's, like, Mad it's TV so inspired kind of. Yeah, it's Mad TV inspired – or uh, Mad Magazine inspired. That's what I mean. Uh, <laughs> Duh. <laughs> <Obviously>. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's cool. The, the um, album's artwork has – Weird Al, like, dreaming in his room playing the accordion that he'll be on stage playing the accordion. So, like, there's a – in his little head thought bobble is, like, a – you could – I guess everyone could just look up what the artist or what the art looks like. <laughs> but it's pretty neat. Uh, and it also has a little, um like, uh, every song is referenced somewhere on it because it's just his bedroom is filthy and full of junk. And there's some little reference to everything in that oh. junk. Yeah, so like Mr. Frump is in the background. I think I Love Lucy's on the TV. Let me look at my vinyl that I have right behind me. Oh my gosh. Right. The show and tell. Yes. Show and tell. And this is a sealed. <laughs> oh, uh, nice. Oh, but yeah, so it has everything there. But yeah, I Love Lucy is on the TV, and that's for the Ricky song that we are talking about. Um. Yeah, they're all referenced, though. There's Mr. Frump. They even have a frog, which is from a song that didn't actually end up coming out, which is kind of fun. There's some Rocky Road there for the I Love Rocky Road. All sorts of junk. I recommend everybody go look it up. I'm looking it up right now. It's oh, like I see some be baloney. It's like a little um, I Spy game. Yeah. Pretty neat. Uh, there's even a Mad Magazine on the ground of it. Oh, so. there's a Time Magazine on the ground. Oh, but there's a Mad one below the Time. Oh, you're so right. But uh, you were also right. We were both right. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I love this. Yeah, it's fun. And I just like the references. I also learned while well, uh, reading this, I never pointed noticed in the past, but uh, the letters on the album where it says Weird Al Yankovic has a bunch of little faces on it, which when I just had the CD, I didn't notice. But on this vinyl, I can really tell because it's, you know, like three times the size. Oh, uh, yeah. Huh. But yeah, it's just okay. a, bunch of little, a bunch of little dudes and dudettes staring. Spooky. Love it. Yes. Oh, I see on there is a Plymouth 
uh, Wheel Rim. And one of the first songs that he ever recorded and put on Dr. Demento was a song called uh, something about my Belvedere. I think it was my, I wrote it down, Belvedere Cruising, which was about his parents' car that he ended up learning how to drive on. And that was the first time he got on Dr. Demento was with that recording, which uh, I, don't, I didn't look for it this time. I think I've heard a version of it. I know when he was on some Jay Leno show recently, he annoyed him by playing it in a car because uh, Jay Leno picked him up in a Belvedere Cruiser. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. So that's enjoyable. But yeah, so this uh, Ricky song is just full of that. Uh, there's a couple little references just to the show in the lyrics. Um, the video is enjoyable. It looks kind of just like a I Love Lucy um, episode in a way. It was apparently shot in one day at his friend's house on a very, very low budget, but they made it work somehow. Uh, they recorded uh, the very beginning, well, not the beginning, but there's two sections or versions of Al in this video. There's the his how he always looks with the fluffy hair and the glasses and mustache, which they recorded during the morning. And then after that, uh, Al went into the makeup chair, shaved off his mustache, took off his glasses and uh, put on a wig to look like Ricky. And after he did that, he went outside and mingled with the other people and nobody knew it was him, <laughs> which is kind of funny. I guess they just didn't recognize him. But uh, so he got to do that for a little while. And then he just looked like Ricky and sang like Ricky and playing it on the bongos. There's one moment, apparently, where he was supposed to be shaking maracas, uh, but they didn't have maracas, so he's <laughs> shaking a bowling pin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God it's a comedy album, right? I know. Thank God. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of fun. The The song did fairly well, though. Uh, late edition on the album, and I guess it was a good call that they did it because it went well. Um, Lucille Ball herself sent to Weird Al a thank you letter. Just saying, uh, I think they may have probably sent her a single or something. Cause in the letter, it says, thank you for the record. So it's kind of like a, that thing. But she was appreciative of having uh, that being made. So that's kind of fun. That's way cool. <laughs> but yeah, and other than that, there's not like a lot with this song. Uh, it's always the first video because it's the first one they ever made. I think it was one of, or they think it's one of the first MTV uh, comedy music videos. Because MTV, as you stated earlier, was just starting. And there wasn't really a lot of comedy music videos around anyway, as far as I know. I don't know. Maybe there was. Let's go with no. <laughs> Done. That's in record. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so they put that out there. Um, and people liked it. I think the, the next single was a bit more popular than this one, which is the I Love Rocky Road, I believe. But uh, still, as far as the music videos, sure. this one was still. It's fun. I like it. Dr. Demento's in it for a second, dancing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I re-watched the music video recently, and the band, like, jamming in the room is, like, super mm -hmm. punk rock and really cool. Like, it really yeah, threw me. Like, really jumping around and everything. Yeah, because <laughs> I remember not liking the song that much, because um, as a kid, we had, like, the VHS compilation of, like, yep. music videos. I have videos. that sitting right over there. Perfect. <laughs> so, I, I wasn't a big fan. One, I didn't know Mickey from Tony Basil, obviously. And two, I didn't know I Love Lucy. <laughs> like, so, it's, yes, like, so two just layers nothing. removed. <laughs> like, so like, like, what's going on in this? <laughs> my dad's like, yeah, he's playing Desi Arnaz from my life. I was just like, I don't understand. And, like, Weird Al isn't, like... He's featured on it, obviously, but, like, there's a female vocalist who, like, you know, has half of the singing time. So it's, like, yeah. in terms of, like, Weird Al, you know, bang for your buck, it's, like, he's not, like, the number one featured person. So it's, like, yeah. hey, well, whatever, whatever. But, yeah, watching the song again, one, I, I really appreciate just the song in general, uh, I guess, from the band Racy from the UK. It's just cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and 
I actually decided to watch an episode of I Love Lucy. Oh, which one? So I had to get a Hulu account. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can watch it. That's right. You can watch it on Hulu. Um, so and I and Hulu doesn't have all of the episodes. It just has like weird piecemeal episodes oh. through each season. Okay. So I went and looked up some fun facts about uh, I Love Lucy. So it aired from 1951 to 1957. So 20 years before Weird Al touched it was when it was actually on TV. But because of syndication, it was probably people watched it all the time. Yeah, I was even on TV when I was a kid. It was like, I guess, maybe mostly like those channels that played older things. But like I TV Land it. kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah, because my mom loved the show, so I would see it decently enough so at least when i was a kid i understood all the references so i was at least had that layer going for me <laughs> so everyone knows this but us but the the plot of the sitcom is that lucille ball is uh married to ricky ricardo uh ricky ricardo is like an inner like a lounge singer band leader kind of person so he's always going out at night and having like living up the the big life and lucille ball has to like be like the woman who stays at the house and her personality is not that she's, she's always getting into hijinks to like try to go out with him or to like do her own thing and something goes awry or whatever it is. Uh, Lucille Ball is actually married to the actor who plays Ricky Ricardo. His name is Desi Arnaz. Um, and they actually have a kid while they're in the six seasons. So, uh, so Ricky Jr. in the show is actually Desi Arnaz Jr. in real life. Uh, they have, I think they actually use the, the actual kid as like an infant, but then they have a kid actor after that. Okay. Um, and there's an actual episode called something like uh, Ricky Jr. Plays the Drums or something like that. And I was like, oh, this is like straight from the lyrics of the video. So yeah. I, watch, I watched it and the plot of the story was um, Ricky Jr. It like gets the drum or he's like tapping a spoon on a, on a cereal ball and his dad's like, Oh, he's going to be a musician. Like his old man. Good job. And Lucille ball's like, no, he should have a real career like a doctor. And so they're like subliminally trying to influence the kid on whether to be a musician or a doctor. And it sort of like blows up after that. Uh, and I realized after watching it, that sitcoms have not changed one bit <laughs> in 60 years of existing. I was like, this could have aired tomorrow and it would have fit in and a million people would yeah. have watched it which is fascinating is that the one where he keeps like tapping on the like the kid and then they start like going along with the tapping themselves because it's like driving them crazy yeah. is that that one yeah exactly i've seen this one <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I i've seen, seen a good chunk episode. but okay. yeah uh, it was all years ago i haven't seen it since i was a kid but at least that one was familiar to me when you were saying it there you go <laughs> So I've got some more context for uh, the parody now. Yes, which is good. Um, Have you ever seen this song live at all? Uh, no. He I doesn't. Don't, I unless... don't think he's played. Um, it wasn't a single that ever made it into the regular show. Yeah. Because he oh, would... actually. But one he, thing he... I even learned. Oh, can go. Oh, go for it. Ah, sh I'll go <laughs> Good. <laughs> okay, so uh, one thing I learned when they first did the song is apparently there was an issue the record label didn't like that it was being chosen as a single. I forgot about this until just I didn't write a note about this. I don't know why, but I'm remembering now. Good. I did write a note in my head. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so apparently uh, they 
um, weren't that pleased with it because he wasn't going to play it live at all because he couldn't play it live because there wasn't a girl to do the part because the actress wasn't going to tour with them. So he's like, okay. And that was a little bit of an issue with the studio or somebody wasn't pleased on this fact. And I, I get that. But that also makes me feel like I definitely haven't heard it live then either because he didn't have anyone to do the parts. So yeah, he, he has backup it. dancers, but very rarely are yeah. they backup vocalists because the band sings. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I've never seen a backup singer outside of, you know, just the, the band doing it. Um, Fascinating. So, yeah. But yeah, so I guess I'm, I'm assuming I just never saw it. I was just thinking maybe during touring with Scissors or some of Poodle Hat, he might have done it, and I just forgot. Is there a place we can look up uh, every tour of the ill-advised vanity tour to see if it was ever played during well, that run i think the vanity tour i don't think he played a single cover or parody oh i think the vanity tour around... was stri- yeah it was strictly just original songs and that was it he got around and... it his whole career perhaps yeah i mean um we can look it up right now let's look it up we're gonna try to figure it out oh i found one from 1984 oh Share it. Oh, and he has he has like girls singing it with it. I wonder if that's actually. Uh, in the comments, it says loose. It says uh, he is the. This is the only time he's ever played it. So, unless that person's lying. Um, <laughs> we take the internet as gospel here. So, Henry M., five years ago, commented, Lucy is played by Simpsons voice actress Tress McNeil, and this is the only time Al played this live. And there she is, dressed up as Lucy, dancing. And that's her, because, yeah, I've recognized her from the video. But His perm is exceptional. Yes. <laughs> His hair is uh, hilarious. And you could tell that her voice isn't as nasally or high-pitched, and I wonder if that has to do with her not being sick anymore. Watching <laughs> watching all these guys being so young is incredible. Oh, something I noticed in the video, yeah. too, is the guitarist looks like, uh, he's, like, trying to do, like, Brian Setzer, like, an old greaser kind of style. Oh, gotcha. He's got, like, the oh. hair curl coming down the front, like he's, uh, you know, like, uh, what do you call it? Uh... Who is the guy uh, off of the movie? John Travolta? He looks like John Travolta. Yeah. Also, apparently, uh, their guitar player, uh, Jim West, was around and touring with them, or like playing music with them at this time, but wasn't available to hit any of the recording of the album at all. So all the guitar was by the producer, uh, Rick Derringer. Or D- Rick Derringer? Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah, so he didn't get to do any of it. But all well. Oh, well, he made it all right. <laughs> yes. Um, Any uh, final thoughts on our first endeavor here with the album um, or the song? There's not, wasn't ever my favorite song though, for sure. Um, it was always one I would listen to, and it existed, and I thought it was kind of fun, but nothing special. Yeah, um, it, it definitely. And I goes... still kind of feel that way with it. I still like it. It's just you know, he has a lot of better songs out there. It's true. <laughs> If this but discouraged anyone, continue on and, and keep <laughs> yes. through to the next one because you got to keep pushing. Yes, you have to. Oh, yes, true. Because the next song, as everybody knows, is the best song ever written, ever. That's right. We might as well tease it now. Quote, unquote. Yes. Uh, so I guess um, since this song is done, track two is going to be called Gotta Boogie. 
Mm-hmm. We'll just let that simmer. We're not going to explain what that nope. means. It's just going to be <laughs> gotta. It's, it's audio perfection, is what. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, you can't write anything more clever than that song. It can't be done. <laughs> uh, perfect. We need some sort of a sign-off thing. Oh. I know. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Contact the show at weirdpalspod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at weirdpod, weird, 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 pod. Yeah, it's the same one. It's the same thing for everything. Okay. All right. Rate us five stars or something.